But then, in order to be led by the Spirit of God, you need to be able to hear His voice. You need to be able to discern His voice. Because from 1 Corinthians 14, verse 10, it says that there are, it may be, many kind of voices in this world, and none of them is without significance. This scripture has drawn our minds to the truth that there are many voices in the world. And there are many voices in your world. You have the voice of friends. You have the voice of parents. You have the voice of circumstances. You have the voice of your flesh. You have your own voice. And the scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 10, is saying that all of these voices have a role to play or are significant. Some of us, we went to the schools we went to because our friends were going there. Some of us, we went to the schools we went or we chose a certain program. Because our parents told us to choose that program. The voice of your parents that you are listening to, that's why you chose a particular course or a particular school. And all these voices are very important. The voice of your flesh is very important. But I don't believe anybody here before you eat, praise to God that God should I eat or I should not eat. Because after a period of time, your flesh or your body begins to scream to you that I need food, I need food, or give me food, I'm thirsty, I'm sleepy. So test, hunger, sleep, these are all voices or these are all statements your flesh makes to you. And all these voices are very important. So amidst all these voices, there's one voice that might be paramount or that might have the first place in your life in order qualified to be called a child of God. And from our scripture, we are noticing or we are noticing that it is the voice of God or the voice of God or the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we know from 1 Corinthians 13 verse 14, that is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So the member of the Trinity that introduces us to fellowship, it's the Holy Spirit. So even though God speaks to us, he speaks to us through the voice of the Holy Spirit. So I'll be interchanging the two, either the voice of God or the voice of the Holy Spirit, or being led by the Spirit that is seen. So our topic or our subtitle can either be defending the voice of God, or how to be led by the Spirit of God, or hearing the voice of God. They are all the same. That's why I want to give it a broader title, Who Told You? Because everything you are doing is because somebody told you, or somebody is telling you. So, to begin, we want to take two important scriptures. That is in 1 John chapter 8, verse 47, then the next scripture. So I would like to read the 1 John chapter 8, verse 47. Jesus is saying something very interesting concerning our topic. So John chapter 8, the verse number 47. It says that he who is of God hears the voice or hears the words of God. Let me take an easier version, easy English. Somebody who is of God hears God's word. Before I give my commentary, let's go to the next scripture. The John chapter 10, verse 27. John chapter 10, verse 27. And Jesus is speaking, he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. The two passages of scriptures we have read are very important for our study. The John 8 verse 47 is letting us know that in order to hear, so I'm paraphrasing what you just read, so in order for us to hear the words of God, before that, God has something to say about every situation you are in, or God has something to say about everything. So in order for you to hear what God's word is concerning your health, what God's word is concerning the program to choose, the school to go, who to marry, who not to marry, or any every other decision we're taking throughout our life. God has something to say about it. 
And Jesus in John chapter 8, verse 47, is telling us that anybody who is of God, let me break it down, anybody who belongs to God, as long as you belong to God, you call it or you have the ability to hear the voice of God. And Jesus broke it down a little bit further by saying that it's my sheep who hears my voice. So the issue about hearing the voice of God, the first thing we need to know is that you have to belong to God. And this belonging is not talking about a belonging because you are his creation and he is your leader, but it talks about a certain personal level. That is why in, in John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus says that my sheep, he didn't say a sheep or a goat or a rat or a snake. He says, my sheep hears my voice. So in order to hear the voice of God or the voice of Jesus, you have to belong to God. You have to be born again. You have to have a personal relationship with God. That is the image of, the, of being able to hear or being able to discern the voice of God in every other situation. So now the question or our first part that we want to tackle in this series is how does the voice of God sound like? Because you know, when if you are familiar with anybody and immediately the person calls you, as we like to say, whether it's a number you know, it's a number you don't know, sometimes the way the person will greet you or after the person speaks one sentence or two, they're able to easily identify who it is because you know how the person's voice sounds like. So we want to know how does the voice of God sound like? So that's what we'll be tackling for today's session. You can also call it the characteristics of God's voice. But before I get into it, let me lay the foundation. The first one is to hear the words of God, you have to belong to God. You have to be born again. You have to have expressed faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I must make this out there that this series or our discussion is not to give you a formula on hearing the voice of God, no. But we are giving you scripture-based patterns. So patterns of how God speaks to his people, patterns of how God's voice sounds from scripture. And that is what we want to bring to our form. So the voice of God is not a formula. I want you to design you speak in terms of five minutes and you close one eye and open the left or you open your mouth, then you can hear the voice. There is no formula. But there are patterns that the scripture has given us in order to discern the voice of God, and that is what we've been looking at. Now, if we took note of the scripture in Romans, it says that the Spirit cries through the scripture. I know most of us have read it, but maybe it has not really dawned on us. I, I want to read it again, and let's see something very interesting. It says that, for you have not received the spirit of bondage against to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. For the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So I'd like to ask this question. When you became born again, did you hear the Holy Ghost crying, Abba, Father, in you? I, I doubt the day you, you, have, you gave your life to Christ, you heard, or how many of us have heard the Holy Ghost scream inside of us, like, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. But the Bible says the spirit we have received, that's the spirit of adoption. That spirit enables us to cry, Abba, Father. That spirit in us cries, Abba, Father. But I doubt nobody has, heard, has ever had the Holy Ghost crying himself or herself, Abba, Father. This also lets us know that hearing from God is, a, is an act of faith because we know able to please God. And our relationship with God is not a relationship of sight. By the relationship of faith. What we mean that what we mean by saying we walk not by sight but by faith, 
it means that our work with God, our relationship with God, our interaction with God is not based on our physical senses. Perceive God by sight. We don't perceive God by our physical means, but we perceive the move of God. We discern the voice of God by faith. And this is very important because throughout our study, we will talk about the voice of the Bible, the voice of the Holy Ghost, and all those other things, the voice of dreams and the rest. But all these voices, you cannot know, or an, a key element in able to discern the voice of God is faith. Because, you know, people tell that I heard God said this, I heard God said, how are you so sure? By faith. So the basis for all the is fundamental and faith is key. Now, we should also take note that we have forms and means of communication, even as human beings. We have we, primarily we communicate by words, and I know you're all familiar with that. But maybe it does not occur to you that apart from words, you have various ways we communicate. You communicate by facial expression. You communicate by gestures, for example, hugs or kisses or smiles. These are all forms of communication. So let's say, for example, you are you are um you have an issue with a friend, and the friend comes to apologize, and you just give the friend a smile and you hug the friend. You have not spoken verbally, but just your action has communicated something to your friend. And in the same way, God has various needs and forms of communication or communicating with us. Sometimes they are true words, sometimes they are true facial expressions. Sometimes God will give you a kiss. And that's what is in Psalms of Solomon. When he says that, kiss me with the kisses of your lips, for your love is better than wine. Is a form of communication. So, for instance, maybe you are a husband, you come home, and your favorite meal is jollof. And when you come home, and your wife prepares jollof with salad and chicken, and you are so exhausted and hungry, you can just give your wife a kiss and get on the table and start eating. You have not spoken anything to her, but just that act alone has communicated something to your wife. So, these are all forms and means of communication. So the same thing with God. God has forms and means by which he communicates to us. But then, regardless of the form or the means by which God chooses to communicate, there are certain characteristics that are very key that we should always look out for. Always look out for. And that's what we want to look at. How does God sound? So briefly, let's go to Romans 14, the verse number 17. We are looking at how does the voice of God sound. Romans 14, the verse number 13, it says, For the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So let's say that we are removing, if your Bible has it, it has put in, or let's say, let, let me put it this way, we can remove. We have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. This scripture gives us three important characteristics of the dealings of the Holy Ghost, which includes his voice. Because remember, we said that it's the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit that is going to lead us. And this scripture has given us three things to know. So when you see these three elements, you know that the Holy Ghost is here. And one of them is righteousness. The second of them is peace. And the third is joy. These are not the only three. You look at two other. But these three are what this scripture gives us. It's letting us know that whatever word you have, one way to identify that it is God speaking to you, it must be about righteousness or it must instruct you into righteousness. It must bring you a certain kind of peace and we'll explain it into detail as we go. And it must bring you joy. 
So that is why in Colossians, it tells us that let the peace of God rule or reign in your heart. And if you do a little study, you realize that the word used there connotes the idea of a referee or an empire in the game of tennis. We don't use referees, we use empire. So that scripture is letting us know that let the peace of God be your referee or be your empire in the game of life. So it's, let, it's the referee that tells us when to start, when to stop a game, when there's a foul play or when there's a goal or when there's a corner or when there's a free kick. So the Bible is letting us know that that which we are supposed to use to, 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 to signify that when God is directing us is when peace is ruling and reigning in your heart. In other words, every word that comes from God must bring you peace. Every word that comes from God to you must bring you, comes from God, instruct you into righteousness, peace, joy, and righteousness. As we go further, maybe in subsequent series, we will look at, look into details about all these things. We don't want to rush ourselves. We want to really understand what we are discussing. So let's go to another characteristic. I'm giving you three characteristics of the voice of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy. The second characteristic is that the voice of God doesn't impact fear into you. So remember the scripture we read. For we have not received the spirit of bondage or the spirit of slavery again to fear. Because before we accepted Christ, we were in a certain level of bondage, a certain level of fear. Hebrews tells us that it's the fear of death. That is what the devil was using to control us. That's what the devil had an advantage over us. Because when man sinned, man destroyed the relationship, man separated himself from God. Man was dead spiritually. And man was heading to die again. That's the second death. So that was what the devil had as an advantage over us. He was using the, the voice of fear to always keep us in bondage. So Romans tells us that we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So whatever you get a vision, whether it's a, it's a word of prophecy, whether it's a, an angelic ministration, that is why throughout scripture, whenever mostly a, a, an angel visits a man, mostly the first words you hear the angel says, fear not. So the presence of God and the voice of God doesn't impact fear. So if you have a dream and you wake up and it's impacting fear, that is one sure way to know that this is not the voice of God. When somebody comes to give you a prophecy, somebody comes to give you a direction, somebody comes to tell you something, and that thing impacts fear into you, you can be rest assured that that voice is not from God. So peace, joy, righteousness, and not fear. So when you hear a voice, and that voice is disturbing your inner peace, you should know that that voice is not from God. When you hear a voice, and that voice wants to kill the joy of the Lord, inside of you, you know that that is not the voice of God. When you hear a voice and that voice is not instructing you into righteousness, you should take note that that is not the voice of God. And the last characteristics of God's voice is that it is mostly repetitive. It mostly repeats itself. That is why if you took note of the scripture we read in Romans chapter 14 the verse 15 sorry, Romans chapter 8 Romans chapter 8, the verse 15, it says that we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry what? Abba, Father. Abba simply means Father. <laughs> Abba is, is, the, is the same word for Father. So it's saying that we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry what? Father, Father. 
So most often than not, the voice of God is repetitive. It will keep coming at you, to keep coming at you. So mostly, for example, God, maybe there's, there's something happening. You know, the Bible says that we should watch and pray. It's not talking about physical watching, but it's talking about the fact that you should be alert spiritually. You should be alert of what is going on in your family, what is going on in your health, what is going on in your academics. You should be alert. You should not sleep. So as a believer, you should be spiritually conscious of what's going on around you. So in Bible says that we should watch and pray. So most often than not, maybe there's something going on in the family or something about to happen in the family. God will be waking you up or God will be staring you up to pray. He won't just come pray or anything. God wants you to pray about something that's happening. So maybe in the morning, you will dawn on you, pray for your mother. You might just ignore the voice. It will come again in about an hour's time or in the afternoon, pray for your mother. And it will come again in the evening, pray for your mother. So mostly the voice of God is repetitive. Let me give you a more practical example concerning Samson. Samson in Judges chapter 13, verse 15. Let's see how this scripture plays out. And the voice of God is mostly repetitive. In Judges chapter 13, the verse number 15, talking about Samson. And let me read what it says. Now, sorry, Judges 15, Judges 13, verse 25, sorry, not verse 15, verse 25. It began to move him, talking about Samson, it began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zora and Esther. So the Spirit of God was just moving him. It was just, it's like a staring up. It was just causing an inner kind of unrest he had between him. God was was drawing the mind of Samson to the fact that there is something he has to do between these two camps. You know that Samson was a judge that was called to deliver the Israel from certain oppression. God was moving him at times. So sometimes, something, um, sometimes during the day, the Spirit of God would just come upon Samson. And when it's in the camp of Dan, he'll be moving to and fro between Zora and Usher. That's how the Spirit of God does it. He begins to move, he begins to stare. It's kind of repetitive. Pray about your father, pray about your father, pray about your father. Oh, don't accept this program, don't accept this program, don't accept this program. But no matter how it's repetitive, remember, it should not impact fear. It should instruct you in righteousness. It should bring a certain level of joy. And not a certain level, it should bring you joy and it should bring you peace. These are the five characteristics or the five ways or the five, um, yeah, let me say ways or the five yeah, ways of God, um, God's voice sounds. How does God sound? He sounds like peace. In inner peace, um, I would like to take a definition by requiring. He says that, talking about joy, that joy is a settled assurance. It's like you are there and those of you who are about to do your national service. Maybe your dad owns a big company or your uncle owns a big company. And he tells you that, oh, don't worry about yourself or about a job. He says, don't worry. Immediately you finish school, I'm taking you to this company or to that company. Immediately that voice comes. You have a settled assurance. So even though you are not yet there at the work, even though you have been given an appointment letter, because of the work that you have received, there's that some settled assurance inside of you. And it's the same thing with the voice of God. When God's word comes to you, it will have a certain settled assurance inside of you. So even though things around you, and every and most often than not, everything around you will contrary to what is going on inside of you. So we should always look out for that empire, that referee, that referee of peace, that referee of joy, and that referee of righteousness. 
And remember that in whatever form the voice of God will come to you, that voice should not impact fear into you. And that voice mostly comes in a repetitive form. So some of you are in a decision that you, you want to take about which school to go to. And it seems like the voice will be which of these options, which of these voices is giving you peace, is giving you joy, is giving you righteousness. And which of these voices is instructing you into righteousness? So this is all that you want to look out for. As I said early on, we are not in a hurry. We want to really take our time and understand this topic because it is the foundation of our Christian life. Because remember we said that as many as are led, they are the sons of God. So for you to be, for you to know that you are a son of God, you have to be able to descend his voice. And his voice is peaceful. His voice brings joy. And he always instructs you in righteousness. And his voice is So before you okay. So yes. Before that, I would like to ask if anybody has a question, then we just take our last scripture that you pray on, then we would go. If there's any question about the characteristics of God's voice the voice or the signal of peace, the signal of joy, the signal of righteousness, and that repetitive voice. So if it has a question, but so whilst we wait, if there are any questions, we would want to look at something very interesting. That's mostly what we pray about concerning our topic. It is God speaking to Cain. God speaking to Cain. And that is in Genesis. So if we could turn our Bibles to Genesis, um, I think chapter four, after King, or when King and Abel offered up sacrifices, God told King something very interesting. That is Genesis chapter four, the verse number, let's say from the verse five, but I want to just zoom in on where God made a statement to King. We know what happened between them. So, and then, so the verse six, and the Lord said to King, why are you wrath and why is your countenance fallen? And the verse 7, if you did well, would your, accept, would your offering not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at your door. Sin, let me use the simpler version. Let me use that. If you do what is right, would you not be accepted? But if you refuse to do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires you, but you must master it. It desires you, but you must master it. So God knew that sin was desiring King. Sin was crouching or knocking at the door of King. And God told King that he's desiring you, but you must master it. So even before King committed the first murder in Bible, God warned him. God had something to say about it. And God told him that sin is knocking at your door, but you must master it. So just to end, every circumstance, every situation you are going through, God has something to say. God has a word for you. And we learned in John chapter 8, verse 47, that they who are of God, they hear the voice of God. And Jesus also said that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. But at this point, I'd like um, anybody who has a question or anything to add on to the discussion, kindly do so. If you have any contribution or any question, the floor is open so that we could quickly tackle it. We could quickly tackle it. Any question or contribution? We could quickly tackle it.
Well, what is having a question? Yes, I have a question. Okay, maybe you get maybe you get a prophecy that something bad is about happening and then you're scared. Could that be that it's not a voice of God? Okay. So that's a question on the floor. Um anybody wants to check in and answer. Yeah, Ben. Yeah. So yeah, that's a question. Okay. Okay, but I think uh, um, for this question, like naturally, when you hear such uh, news or a prophecy, you are going to be scared, and but you have to check um, within you that the inner witness to see if that's really what God is saying. So if you check within you, and then let me say the Holy Spirit is also saying the same thing, then you can. Should I say agree at the fact that what the prophet is saying is true? But naturally, if you hear such news, you are going to be scared. So the check here is going to be your inner witness, as it has to, you have to confirm with the Holy Spirit within you to see whether what the prophet is saying is actually true. I'll continue. Um that that piece will be there. That piece is supposed to be there. That if what the prophet is saying is true. Even though it is a scary news, but if it's true and it is from God, yeah, you feel that peace that this is actually a message from God. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we know that in scripture that it says that God reveals to redeem. God reveals to redeem. In a sense that, hello. Yeah. Yeah. In a sense, if if you pay attention, you said that it does not impact fear. So that is why mostly if it's coming through a prophet or through someone. That is why communication is very important. It's very important when we are giving the prophet. So that is why mostly um, we advise, or mostly those who are prophets, they are trained on how to communicate the word of God, or God's word concerning something to a particular person. So the reason why God is telling you that maybe your dad is going to get an accident or come to get um, something bad, is you want to bring you joy, in a sense that God is revealing it to you, meaning that there's an escape route, there's a provision for deliverance, there's an, there's an available solution by God. So even though the devil wanted to snatch your mother or snatch your father or cause sickness, the fact that you are getting this word from God is letting you know that God has provided a solution, but he needs your participation. And when I mean participation, you know we do it with God in the sense that you need to pray to involve God in that circumstance. You need to pray to seize or to halt the work of the devil. That is why, so those are for so we also learn about prophecy and how to despise prophecy and how not to despise prophecy. Because if you look at Thessalonians, it, it tells us that despise not prophesying, but the next verse is that test all things and prove that which is true. So one of the ways we test is by using the test or the litmus test of fear to know what spirit is impacting into you. That's why I said, for example, if maybe you have a dream and a dream you saw your mother sick or something like that, 
the way by telling it's from God or not is what the thing impacts. When I mean impact, it's like imagine you watch a romantic movie. All of a sudden, your mood becomes all romantic. Or imagine you watch an emotional movie, cell number seven, immediately become all moody. So the movie has impacted something into you. It's not you don't see it to your eye, but all of a sudden you begin to cry. Nobody has beaten you, nobody has pinched you. But you are just crying because once you're watching the movie, it impacted something into you. So that's what I mean that when the voice comes, there's a particular spirit that backs every word. No Jesus said that the words I speak to you that with their life. It's not just Jesus' words, even our own words. That is why when you watch the news and you hear that there are no jobs in Ghana, immediately a certain fear grips you. So it's not Jesus that is speaking alone. So every every word there's a spirit that is backing the word. And for the words of God, the spirit that backs the word or that's accompanied by the word is not a spirit that impacts fear. So if you notice, when Jesus was on his way to go and do a miracle, and the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus, you know there was a slight delay. Some because your daughter is there. The Bible says that immediately Jesus heard that way. He rebuked the man and said, Have I not told you? Only believe. So you see the response of Jesus. Immediately they told Jairus that your daughter has died or is dead. So don't worry your master any longer. That word was bringing fear. So Jesus immediately responded, and that should be our response whenever we hear a word that wants to impact fear. We should not let it settle down. No. When immediately you begin to settle down, you begin to think, hey, it's true. This one cried, the mother died. This one cried, the father died. My family, you have a history of asthma. No. Immediately that word comes. You must risk. If you believe, all things will be possible to you. But if you believe, your daughter will come back. So this is the way we must be able to respond. So you see how Jesus responded? He didn't respond with fear, but he responded with an assurance, an inner settlement. And that is what we identify as the voice of God, as the voice of God. So any other question or any other contribution anybody has, you can quickly add our time up. So any other thing that you need to be clarified about the voice of God, about peace, joy, righteousness, repetitious, and does not impact fear. If you have any contribution or any question, please. I have um, a small question. Yeah, one day um, I had um, um, I don't know. I felt God spoke to me to do something, and then I told myself that if it's God, He will say it again. So I didn't do what. In my mind, God had told me it was unusual. It was, it was unusual. So I didn't do it. But then, um, um, my disobedience made me sin again. Like it made me sin. So it's like because I didn't obey the voice, I sinned. I did something which was wrong. So um, immediately I sinned. I realized that well, this one was a voice of God, and if I had paid heed to it, I wouldn't have sinned. So it's like we're testing God. <laughs> now, God, if it's you, repeat. If it's not you, don't repeat. You know, that, is that, in other words, how your question is like, if it is you, then God repeat. If it's not you, then I know you will repeat again. But I think maybe because of 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 the the test, you know, you don't you don't put God to test. In our later discussion, we talk about fees and the casting of lots. You know, because when they were choosing the apostles in Acts, 
they casted lots with this Judas. And you know, Gideon, before he went for a particular battle, he gave God food. So we also look at that. But if um, you remember, I talked about the fact that it's our relationship with God or everything about our Christian work is a work of faith. And God has various means and forms of communication. So, but upon all these things, you don't put God to test that, hey, God, if it is really you. So your response alone showed that you knew it was God. You knew it was God. So your response already showed that you knew it was God who was speaking to you. Yeah, you can okay. Okay, I've been hearing from some sermons and some books that I've read that um, when it comes to God, it, it doesn't have much to do with emotions, but they usually quote some 46 verse 10 that be that I'm God. But when you look at the litmus test, that the righteousness, peace, and joy. I think what peace and joy, they are all emotional expressions. So how are you going to cope with um, not being emotional to defend or know the voice of God? I don't know if my question is. Oh, it's clear. Uh, would anybody like to attempt before? Like to attempt before I give my contribution? Anybody, anybody like to attempt to answer the question? And the question is that, um, hearing the voice of God has nothing to do with your emotions because I really only said on that it's a work of faith, not a work of sight. And by sight, I mean your physical perception. You don't perceive the word of God physically or from a natural point of view, but mostly from a spiritual point of view. But look at the litmus test of joy and peace, these are all emotions. So if you are saying that we don't descend the voice by emotion, how can we use an emotion? such as joy or peace to to descend his voice. So if anybody would like to give a contribution, the floor is open for any any contribution from anyone. Anybody? Well, um if you read Hebrews chapter twelve, the Bible says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising not the shame. So, why do you go to all the shame between joy and happiness? People say that happiness comes from the happening of life. And if you realize joy and peace is the fruit of the spirit, so joy and peace have, trans- have transcended the boundaries of an emotion to now effort. And what we mean by fruit, fruit is simply an overflow of life. So, when you see a mango tree in its season, the only way you know this mango tree is alive is when the mango tree bears forth fruit, you know. So the, the, the presence of the fruit on the tree is an indication of life. So that's why, so the presence of the life of God in you, there's a particular fruit, there's a particular overflow. So remember that uh, it's important to know that the source of that overflow or the source of that manifestation, or the source of that indication, is not from a natural move or a natural impulse or a natural stimulus, but it's from an internal stimulus. So, so that's how come, let's say that you have written an exam and you know that this exam, you write it well, 
and mostly it's a, it's a very good indication, especially in prayer, especially in prayer. That's what in John he said that Acts and you might receive that your joy might be complete, that your joy might be complete. So joy is an indication of an answered prayer. How? So when you pray about your mom who is not to blow out an exam, you maybe immediately you pray. You have not called your mom to find out, mom, are you well? But immediately you pray as a signal of an answer. There's a joy that is inside of you. And this joy stems from the life of God, from an internal or a spiritual indication. That's why I said that all these things happen inside out. So it's not because you have heard that your mother is well. That is why you are joyous. But it's because the Holy Ghost is crying within you. I am doing it. I have done it. Your mom is well. So the difference between joy and peace from happiness and other emotions is the source of it. It's more of eternal. It's more of something that comes from an overflow of a life that is inside of you. And that's why mostly um, a Christian, when everything is going on wrong around you, you realize that unbelievers are reacting in a particular way. Unbelievers are doing this or people around you are responding in a particular way. Exams results are out and everybody is down and everybody everybody is some way. You realize that because of a certain joy from an answered prayer, you have a certain what still assurance inside of you that, oh, the results are going to be well. Oh, the outcome is going to be well. So it's not an emotion per se. Emotion in the sense that it's not receiving an external stimulus. It's not because I've had an external news. It's not because I've had an external reaction. That is why you are responding. But it's because of an internal stimulus from the Spirit of God inside of you that produces a certain kind of joy. That's what the Bible says, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the joy that comes from the inside is what gives you strength to face your next exam. It's what gives you strength to face your next mountain. It's what gives you strength to face the next circumstance that is coming up tomorrow. So that's a slight difference. You know, as I said, people say that joy, happiness is from the happenings around you. But this type of joy, that's why mostly they are unexplainable. You can't explain why they are saying there are no jobs. Yes, still everybody's down, everybody's bad, everybody's like this. Everybody's moody, the results are not good. But there's something that cannot be explained. It's because its source is not from the outside. It's from the overflow of the life of God in you. From the overflow of the life of God in you. So you like to end to any last question or contribution. Any last question or contribution on the topic, the characteristics of God's voice. The characteristics of God's voice or how does God's voice sound like. So we thank you all for joining in today's discussion. And I'm believing that throughout the week, you can put these various litmus tests into work and see if it really works. So next time a suggestion comes to you uh, or a voice comes to you or a certain suggestion is coming to you, check. Is it disturbing your peace? Is it disturbing your joy? Is it leading you into unrighteousness? Is it impacting fear into you? And is it repetitive? And this repetitive one is mostly important in identifying your call of God or in identifying the purpose of God for your life. Because God will be stirring you up or God will be giving you signals towards a particular ministry or towards a particular aspect of ministration, the teaching ministry. And maybe whenever you share the word of God with a few people, you have a certain kind of joy, like you're just happy that, oh, you have taught the word of God. You don't really, you don't really know what it is. So God is giving you an indication. Maybe you just share the word of God with a friend. I'll just share something small. Today was a bit because I had to explain the faith and the rest. But so we just take it small, 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 small. God bless you all. Have a good night. God bless you.
shortly we want to exercise and pray so heavenly father we thank you so much for this privilege to sit under your feet we pray for grace that we will not be like king who ignores your voice but to always give heed to your voice we pray for grace that you always be sensitive to your peace your joy your righteousness your stirring in our hearts in the name of our lord jesus amen oh, god. god bless us all. Amen. Amen. god bless us thank you